time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Hey, this is Lee Balkum. I am a thrivologist, which means that I work to understand how people thrive in their life and help them to create more thriving lives. Now, for quite a while, I've been doing a podcast at thrivology.com. Now, that's spelled T-H-R-I-V-E-O-L-O-G-Y.com. Now, this is a video and podcast, and so what we're trying to do is find more ways of helping people thrive in life no matter what comes your way. So we've been doing the podcast for a while, which is an audio way, and you can always find the back issues at Thrivology.com, but we're going to try something a little bit different and put up the videos on YouTube and also at the Thrivology podcast. So you're going to find lots of ways of learning how to thrive. Now, this is something that's interested me for years, and I'm also the author of the upcoming book, Thrive Principles, which is about 14 strategies of how to thrive in your life no matter what's going on. But today I decided it was time to do a little video work. And the reason for that is because we're making a shift. I'm doing a new series and the series is called Your Thriving Body. Now, you may wonder, what is all of that about? Well, let me tell you just a little bit of background about myself and the reason why this is important to me. The story starts uh, back in the early 2000s. So a while back, I'd been working for a while on understanding how people thrive in life. And I'd also been working with lots of couples around the world on how to save their relationship. As part of that, I was doing a lot of extra projects. And one of those projects was a video project. So one weekend, we shot that video. And it was a very intense weekend. I was wiped out. Now, I'm not someone who loves to be on camera. In fact, one of the reasons I've avoided doing videos up until now is just that very reason. I don't love being on video. But I wanted to get that project done, just like I think this is important. And I allowed the stress of that program to wear my body down. Now, let me also tell you that I had not been taking care of my body at that point. I was well overweight. I was well out of shape. I'd been through two masters and a PhD program and had pretty much allowed my body to go uh, to the side while I was working on my mind, my thinking and understanding things. And so now I was at a point of kind of being behind the eight ball. My body was worn down. The stress of that recording wore me down even further. One other complication. There was a virus going around my family. And so that stressful weekend, I caught a virus. I didn't realize it, though. Now, if you're familiar with how they do filming, uh, you know that they put you in very strange positions that look fine on film but are very uncomfortable to your body. If you ever watch a movie, you'll notice that people are talking to each other just inches apart, which is not how we carry on our everyday conversation. And so those positions that we're in make us a little uncomfortable. So when I woke up with a sore hip, I thought nothing about it. Didn't really worry about it too much. But over time, that hip started going down my leg. The pain of my hip was going down my leg and also up my back. Pretty soon, I was having a hard time sitting up, walking, doing almost anything. My wife told me I needed to go see the doctor, but being my typical self, I refused to go. But I got sicker and sicker. And finally, I dragged myself into the doctor's office and I said, I don't know what's going on. And I told him the story and he said, well, I think you have a virus, so let's just let it pass. 
So I let a week go and then another week go and I was only getting worse. Pretty soon, my ankles had begun to swell. My whole body was reacting in negative ways, and it had really gone most of the way up my back, but all the way down my legs. And my ankles were swelling so much that I couldn't even get them in my shoes. They were overflowing my shoes. And so I had to wear ankle braces just because of the pain. I kept going to the doctor, and he would say, I think it's just a virus. Let's just let it go a little bit longer. I don't know what else is going on. Well, finally, one day... I went to his office with no ibuprofen, no pain reliever, and I said, we've got to do something. I can't function. All I was really doing was struggling to make it to the office, to sit through my sessions in a day and get home. And I was miserable. Well, I pulled off my ankle braces and I said, look, my ankle braces have worn places on my feet. I'm wearing them so much. And I remember the look on his face. One of the things you don't want to see a doctor do is have a very shocked expression on their face. He was trying to hide it, but I'd picked it up. The next thing you don't want to have a doctor do is start running tests that seem to have nothing to do with your symptoms. So they began to take x-rays. The next thing you don't want to have happen is to look out in the hall and see the doctor looking at your x-rays with another doctor that you've never met. The next thing you don't want to have happen is to have that doctor come in and start poking at you and and looking at things and, and treating you kind of like a specimen in a lab. The next thing you don't want to have happen is for the doctors to tell you that they think you have something that they struggle to pronounce and I struggle to pronounce and I struggle to make sense of this. There I was in the office being told that I had this illness. They had to get confirmation. I needed to go get a CAT scan and maybe some other tests, biopsy and other things. They did conclude that I was sick with what they thought I had. It was a very rare illness, a very rare autoimmune response that neither of these doctors had ever seen. One had seen one time in residency, but neither had ever seen in their practice. And so they sent me off to another specialist. I remember the confirmation of that whole test because the doctor called our home and left his first name, which you don't ever want your doctor to begin to refer to themselves by first name, nor do you want them to leave their cell phone number. He left his cell phone number. He left his name. My wife called back and I overheard the conversation where the doctor told my wife that I was headed for permanent disability. And not only that, but I had about an 85% chance of dying in a short amount of time from this illness. Well, I'm here. So you can tell that the end of the story is not that the, the diagnosis was accurate, but the prognosis was not. It took me months to recover. In fact, I refer to this time in my life as bonus time because I didn't think I was going to get it. It kind of changed my outlook on what was important. And and the irony is that I had been studying how to thrive for a long time, but I wasn't practicing it in my life as much as I should have been. And so I began to decide that I had to take on the task of thriving because I had other things I wanted to do in life. I had other books I wanted to write and programs I wanted to do and people I wanted to coach and help. And so I had to change my approach. Now, let me be very honest that at that point, as I was recovering, I was not looking to get into shape. I was still not yet equating the fact that what was going on with my body had something to do with what I had done to my body before. So I was continuing to push my body as quickly as I could into a new place. Well, something changed. 
The changing point, the real turning point, was several months into my recovery, my wife gave me uh, a gift certificate for scuba lessons. I had always wanted to scuba dive, but I had never done that. It was something I'd always put off. And even when she said, I'm going to give you scuba diving lessons, I said, oh, no, no, we don't need to do that right now. It's too expensive. And, And I kept putting it off. And she insisted. Well, I remember that as a turning point because I went to scuba class. I'd always wanted to, so I was very happy to go. And I met my instructor, who had been scuba diving since the beginning of scuba diving. And he had us do a swim test. I remember that test. We had to swim the length of the pool underwater, at least as far as we could go. And I got most of the way. I could hold my breath for a while. That's something that I picked up in my childhood. And then I had to swim six lengths, three laps. And I remember pulling myself out of the pool at the end of that third lap. And the only reason I made it through those three laps is because I'm an incredibly stubborn person on top of all of that. I crawled out of the pool and I stood up beside the instructor and I said, if your your lesson was that we need to be in better shape than we are in order to do scuba diving, I, I got it. I learned that lesson. That was on a Sunday evening. Monday, I went to the gym. Now, everything didn't just turn around at once. I went to the gym and I tried to do some exercises and I tried to work out, but I didn't know what I was doing. And I was probably defeating myself in the beginning because I would still eat the way I was eating and I was still treating the body the way I'd been treating my body. And so I began to make little pieces, but not big steps. I was never trying to get to the place where I could uh, be a you know in a, a show to show my muscles off or to walk around without my shirt off. I had avoided having my shirt off since I was a teenager and was a little soft then. So I was not going for that. I was going for the fact that my body needed some changes. And so I began to try to figure out how to do that right how to exercise correctly and how to eat well and how to take care of my stress and how to rest well. All of the things that we're going to talk about in this Thriving Body uh, series. Well, that changed my life. Not just a little bit, it transformed my life because one of the biggest lessons I realized was as much as I believe that we should all live a life of impact and of meaning, I never noticed that my body is what had to take me through the world to do that. My body is what has to be the vehicle to do whatever I am in life, whether I'm loving on people in my life, I'm showing up to friends in my life, I'm going to events in my life, I'm writing, I'm speaking, anything I'm doing, my body goes with me. And I I really think that one of our misses, for the most part, is that we don't realize that we miss the fact that our body is what's going to take us to whatever's important in life. So that's why this series is here. If you're watching from YouTube, welcome. I'm I'm glad because this is the first of the pieces of Thrivology that are going to be up. And I welcome you here. If you're listening by podcast, I'm glad you're still here. If you want to do the other, find me on YouTube with Thrivology or find me at Thrivology.com and Thriveology on Facebook. Find me somewhere. More than that, if this has been helpful, please share. It's one of the most useful ways of social media is sharing things that make a difference for you. Share it any way you can. Share the video. Share the audio. Let people know. Like me on Facebook. Help us spread the word that the fact is you can thrive no matter what. 
So now let's talk about what this series is about. This series is about helping your body to thrive. I am not a trainer. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not out to sell nutritional products. I'm not out to sell anything at all. I am out to help you build a thriving body wherever you start. And that really is the point of this. You may have noticed a lot of the advertising that's around us, how to get six pack or or how to have a beach body or any of those other topics that are out there. That's not what this is about. This is about using the body that you have, the genetic coding that you have, the limitations that you have and the opportunities that you have in order to create a thriving body. Also, not just a thriving body, but one that you can feel good in. One of my realizations along the way was that I had some sensitivities to foods that I never knew were there until I changed my eating habits. And what came out of that was a realization that I shouldn't always have a gut that's hurting, that not everybody has a hurting gut. Also realized that I shouldn't always be fatigued by going up the steps or that at the end of the day, I should be completely out of gas. I realized that those are pieces of the way I treated my body, that we were doing things, I was doing things to my body that wasn't designed to do. It it, it needed something else. It needed better fuel and it needed better exercise. So part of what we want to do here with a thriving body is not make you into a beach body, not make you into a model, uh, not get a six pack, but to take care of your body. No matter what the limitations are, take care of your body. And so we'll be covering topics like exercise. And what I'm looking for with the exercise is the minimally effective dose. That's one of the medical parts of this. You know, doctors want to find the least invasive, least amount you can do and get the most benefit. Well, that's what I want to do. So if you can do something in 15 minutes that some people may take an hour and a half and really injure their body, why would we do that when we can do something shorter? So we'll be talking about exercising. We'll also be talking about food and why it's important to look at the fuel and maybe challenge some of the assumptions about food. I don't believe in diets. I don't believe in diets as they've been advertised. I always think that whenever we get to that diet point, we're already headed down a bad road. So we'll talk about diet. We'll also be talking about how you rest and recharge your body. We'll also be talking about how you de-stress your body. We'll also be talking about how you recreate, how you recreate your life. You recreate and have fun and how you move forward with that. My goal is not to get you ready for a weightlifting competition or a marathon or anything else, but to start you on a road or get you further down that road of taking care of your body. My goal is that one piece because I realize what a difference it makes to me. So this morning, I was able to go out and paddleboard for an hour and a half with no problems. End of last week, I went for a six-mile trail run with no problems. Now, I've realized that part of the reason I can have fun now is because I've taken a sense of where my body really is and where my body needs to be. I make sure I get the rest and I fuel it right and I get the exercise I need so that my body can thrive. Because if your body is not thriving, the rest of your life will have a hard time thriving. Sometimes in our culture, we've disconnected our mind and our body. But our brain is encased in our body. Our mind is held within us somewhere. 
our soul, our spirit, whatever you believe of that deep place of you is held in your body. You're an embodiment of that. And that body's got to get you there. So whatever limitations you start with is great. Whatever potentials you have, it's great. My task in this series is to help you have a thriving body or at least the elements to begin to build that thriving body. Then we'll go on after this series to other thriving topics. But I invite you now to think about how you want your body to move forward, how you want to thrive as a physical being, how you want to thrive and move forward in life. Also check out Thriveology.com, T-H-R-I-V-E-O-L-O-G-Y.com. Subscribe to the podcast if you've missed that, but make sure you share this. This is Lee Balkum wishing you a thriving life. It's time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Balkum. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Thrive.